0: Should we make this like murder podcast? Uh, this is the post-mortem of Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, we're going to talk about Tim Miller and uh, what happened in the editing room. Today's guest. <laughs> two hours of that. Uh, welcome to part eight, the release. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Postpocalyptic, this is Rob. This is Jason. And this is our Black Friday edition. It will actually be, if I can get off my ass, it will be released on Black Friday at, so I guess what, Wednesday at 2 a.m.? Nice. Because I'm not really sure how Black Friday (laughs) works anymore. I mean, I've been getting emails for the last three weeks that Black Friday is every day now. Yes. Black Friday is a state of mind now. It is no longer a date. Yes, it's pretty much a national holiday that
1: seems to trump, forgive the pun, Many other holidays.
0: Is there uh, anything you're going to
1: murder anyone for this year? No, no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to actually one
0: of those like midnight things or standing in line for mm-hmm. anything. I've always, I've always wanted to. As a, not I say, as a kid, but when I realized what Black Friday was, and you'd get those ads like Wednesday, it's like here's everything, or even that Sunday, here's everything at 5 a.m. That was when it was 5 a.m. on Thanksgiving. Yes. That, well, first it obviously started midnight. <clears throat> Of Thanksgiving going into Friday, then it became, it just kept moving. Actually, I think it started at five a.m. on Friday. Then it moved back to midnight. Then it became five, you know, five p.m. Thanksgiving. Then it became five a.m. Thanksgiving. It the whole holiday. And then all of a sudden, now uh, some of them start. You know, it's Wednesday night. So like Black Friday has become Thanksgiving now it's like look yeah Thanksgiving whatever it's Black Friday <laughs> I think the closest I've ever come is I've driven by on Thanksgiving like a Best Buy when they were doing that 5 p.m thing mm-hmm. so like I think I drove by like at three and there were already people lined up oh, yeah, like, and they like fans and all that yeah, yeah they closed the store down and they're like okay, we're gonna open up at you know 5 p.m. and it's like oh that seems kind of fun but then I looked at the ad going I don't need any of these doorbusters and this was like 10 years ago. So I, I've never done it. It's always seemed intriguing. Yeah, and it's been around for a lot longer than I ever imagined. I mean, it's been around since like the 90s or
1: something, right? It,
0: it, it's always been a big shopping day. I remember when I first did research on it, it was always, you know, it was called Black Friday because it was when all retailers finally went into the black because it was the Christmas. Mm. Christmas. Oh, I didn't know that. Christmas, the revenue from Christmas started earlier, and that's when the stores started making all their money from the year. So that's ah. hence the term Black Friday. We all learned something today. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. I think the 90s, you started having the hype, I think, in the 80s. Then the 90s started just to blow it out. Because I remember those Sunday papers in the 90s where it was like four pounds. Right. And every store, even if you've never heard of that store, had a 50-page thing. It had all the doorbusters and then everything else. Right, like Radio Shack or, yeah, you know circuit city and best buy those are both really big uh kids there used to be these stores called uh, circuit city and radio Shack. <laughs> but now like i mean you've even talked about we talked about before everything's just online i just i look at a few deals and it's like all right, I'll just buy it online right yeah usually i
1: pick out like one thing that i'm gonna get and then right and just usually stick with that thing and just you know keep looking until oh there it is and went down you know
0: yeah i think i have i don't even remember it is off my top of my head i do have like four things written down that i'm in that I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. I'm debating... I, I kind of want to get a GoPro because I like the idea of the GoPro camera, but nice. it's not a priority. And if someone has one, I think they run about 299 to 350 depending on which version. If there is one for 199 and it's the $300 version, yeah, I'll probably get it. Right. But I'm not going to go wait in line or do anything. I don't really have... I think I have, like I said, two or three things and I don't even remember what they are. They're not even priority. It's, oh, what do you got? All right. Right, here's a something. All right, well, the the main sort of topic i wanted to talk about uh, i was watching running scared the other day great movie billy oh, crystal absolutely. uh gregory hines and a 1986 film which then i realized i probably saw in 87 i don't think i saw running scared in the theater although it's not outside my wheelhouse to have seen it at the theater because mm-hmm. theaters were pretty lax back then right here i'm seeing this movie all right whatever and then go see running scared because i loved billy crystal at the time that movie even at 13 when it came out so i probably saw it when i was 14 worked for an R-rated buddy cop movie. Oh, yeah. It it just works. There's character development, and I know who these characters are within the first 15 minutes. And it was what we talked about in the previous one. If you listen to the, the Terminator one, Lazy Fate or whatever I called it, it just came down to lazy writing. Right. And then I was thinking about, like, Die Hard movies. Like, the first Die Hard is obviously fantastic. The second one's okay. When do you think we got to the point where all these buddy cop movies became... Uh, a Good Day to Die Hard, which I think was the last one, where <laughs> it, all of a sudden, like, the buddy cop movie, you're already jumping off the plane. Like, everything always started really grounded with all these movies. They were grounded in a, you know, movie world. Nothing outlandishly happens in Running Scared. I mean, there's a couple moments, but nothing where anyone's jumping building to building. There's, everything had a real consequence. Right. You know, you would get shot, or... It was weird. There was, a, like, a sort of a main character snake that they arrest in running scared he dies halfway sorry spoilers he dies just halfway through they just shoot him like oh i in any other movie he would be the buddy bad guy right until the end but when did we start becoming to the point where the fifth movie in a franchise is now the first movie in any movie like because you even go with fast and the furious the first one was a very grounded realistic Mm -hmm. about street's Street and now now they're jumping cars, building a building, and right. you know jumping submarines and shit. And you're like, yeah, they're in the Arctic or wherever. Right? But now there'll be a new movie that basically just does whatever the newest one does. Like when did when do you think like when did we lose that point where all of a sudden it just had to be the big action piece? Like what happened to the? Oh, where did the story go? Is that yeah, what like asking? what? Yeah, like what happened to the ones where it was just all right? Here's a Bruce Willis. He's the TV star. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna make a movie. It's gonna have action pieces. Great. Now you just automatically okay. We got the rock, like skyscraper. All right, you're you're security guard, but don't worry. You got to hold up the whole building. Wait, what? Like it? It just became this. No one gave a shit about the story about these. It just became these summer action movies. Which there's nothing wrong with. There were good summer action movies.
1: Oh yeah, for for decades. I mean, I don't know, like the 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 buddy cop movie. I mean, the quintessential one is right is, is Lethal Weapon. Yes. Which now we've had. Four movies and then a TV show that yes. went two seasons, three seasons maybe?
0: Two. Three. 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 seasons because there were, I think, two with Damon Wayans and then one with uh, Sean William Scott who re- Yeah, plus the other guy that everybody hated. Yes. Right. By Lethal Weapon 4, which had Chris Rock in it. There's like a car chase and he's holding on to something on the back of a truck, like surfing almost. You're like, what's <laughs> what's happening in this movie? You guys were just, you know, it was an R-rated Buddy Cop movie,
1: yeah, and, and well done, right? I mean, it had um, big character arcs in that movie. I mean, you know, kind of opens with the woman I forget who it's like a famous actress, right? That jumps off that building in Long Beach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she falls off, and then Mel Gibson's like trying to kill himself while he's mm-hmm. watching the uh, Looney Tunes yeah. Bugs Bunny movie, right? Uh, Christmas movie, and um, you know, and then Danny Glover is like, you know, I mean, it's a cliche now, but yeah. I mean, there were probably other movies before then career-long cop, and he's now months away from retiring.
0: The the 38-year-old Danny Glover. In, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. You're not even 40. 40. <laughs> yeah, God. But once again, they cast the right person. Yes. Had he looked really young, they wouldn't have casted him, even if he was right. It wasn't like, ah, we'll just make it work. Right. No, and I think, you know, and
1: that movie works really well. And even, like, the second one, I think, is you know, holds up pretty well. It's pretty strong. I mean, I haven't seen it oh. in a few years, but...
0: Diplomatic immunity. Unity. That's yeah, all yeah. I remember from that. Uh, yeah, he's pulling down the house with his truck and, and all oh, of that. Right, 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 And then the third one is when we introduced Joe Pesci, right? No, Joe Pesci was in, in the second, second one. the second one? He is? Yeah. Okay. Then he became like an, a crazy character in three, Yeah, I think. And then Chris Rocks in four. With Jet Li. Oh, my God, Jet Li. I forgot about that. But that was when it became ridiculous. Yeah,
1: now, now it's in the type of movies that you're talking about. And where you're foregoing, you're foregoing story... And then just replacing it with one action set piece after another. That's kind of what it was for a long time, you know, all through the 80s. I mean, there's some obviously standout films. But, yeah, now it's to the point where it's just all action set pieces. Like, you can't even have any backstory because people get bored, I
0: guess. You know, I don't know. Which is weird because, I I mean, you know, I had Running Scared on. It was 90 minutes. And there's about eight action pieces in that. Some of them are subtle, Mm -hmm. but they're still... No one's jumping building to building or tearing down a building with their own hands or anything like right. that. And it, it's just this weird thing of uh, like John has brought up, I guess, it was something they taught him in his USC film school was if you can watch a movie without the sound, that is a good indicator. If yes. you know what the story is, like if you can watch it without the sound and you can still follow it, you did your job. Yes. As not only as a writer, as the director. And it's like, oh, OK, great. And I was thinking about that with Running Scared. You know, I, if you mute it, I know exactly who these guys are. Like yes. from the beginning, from what they're doing, it's like, okay, that's the bad guy. Clearly, you know, it's like, you know, every beat. All right. And now if you watch some of the new ones, I wouldn't know. Like if you put on, oh, is it Fast and Furious? Uh, the last one was eight or nine. Eight. Eight. I wouldn't know no, anything. Nine. And granted, <laughs> yeah. And granted, it's, it's a little bit cheap because these are established characters. So you would right. already know. But like if you sat someone down, turn the sound off, you, I don't know if anyone, it's like, I feel like they're chasing that guy. So is he the bad guy? You know, I don't know if you would even know what was happening in those movies.
1: Yeah, I actually uh, experienced that once, and I had never heard of doing that. Uh-huh. Um, but on uh, the only movies I ever did that had um, the we still had film dailies, um, it wasn't the it wasn't the editor's cut, but it was somewhere between the editors and director's cut. We actually ran the print without any sound mm-hmm. in the theater. Oh. You know, just basically, the idea was if you can track it without the sound, you can kind of get a You know, get a sense of what's going on. Then you know the story is working. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I had never heard of doing that before, but I thought it was kind of a cool thing.
0: Um, it seems like a very, um, a very old school technique. Yeah, I mean, it is a very old school technique. But I wonder when. I wonder who. I'd be curious of who developed that. Like whose theory that was. Like wasn't an accident. Like all right, we're gonna show the film. Oh, the sound's not working. Hold on. Right. Let's just, just run let, it without let, it. Let's just run it without it. It probably dates back to the silent film era, and just and
1: directors and producers who were working back then transitioning and into talkies. Yeah. You know, we're probably used to seeing it that way and saying, "Hey, if if this works without this you know without that you know optical track or mag track, yeah, then it's going to work. You know, with it, it'll just be a, you know an addendum or make it even better. So, but who knows? I mean, it's actually an interesting. Yeah.
0: Question. Love to show someone like someone who even hasn't seen the series. Like, all right, here's. A Good Day to Die Hard, whatever it was with Jai, Jai Courtney. Show him that one and then show him the first one and go, these are the same movie. Right. People would be like, what? How are these the same movie? It's like, no, this is the same movie, which it's crazy. And, and I get it. You always have to amp up. When you make a sequel, you always have to change the story, amp it up. There's a few instances where you amp it up and still tell a story. Aliens. Right. Very very good example. But they're also two different movies. Yes. Like that was a different aspect of that movie. It wasn't so much taking, you know, uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Okay, you have to jump off this airplane to this thing. You're like, what are we doing now? That last right. one we just drove around the car talking about hot dogs. <laughs> and now we have to jump off planes? Too old for this shit. Was it just because of the big action pieces? I mean, what is your theory on why all of a sudden we just stopped telling stories, unlike Buddy Cop films?
1: Well, I mean, I think. Die Hard is like the quintessential action movie, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was tons of stuff before that. I mean, it goes back to kind of Shane, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, what? Is that like 60-ish? Something terrible, I don't know. Die Hard kind of perfected it and was like the modern... Version of an action movie, and then basically it spawned a whole genre of those yeah. same movies, right? And that's what they used to say. It was it's like, oh, it's did. Die Hard in an ice
0: rink. Yeah, it's Die Hard at the White House. It's Die Hard, and they would put that in the ad. It was like, c <coughs> yes. speed. It's the Die Hard on a bus, and you're like, okay, no, you're really going with the fact that everyone saw Die Hard. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. I mean, because it just turned, you know, it turned the action
1: concept of an action movie, you know, on its ear. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh wow, this is this is a thing, and it's not just i mean it had like funny comedic moments but um you know it, it was like a, a, a level above like say commando mm-hmm. which came out like three years before mm-hmm, that yeah. three or four years three um and whereas that and i love that movie yeah. but there's a lot of like silly you know stuff going on in that yeah. and kind of you know it's like cartoonish violence and stuff in that movie whereas like Die Hard was like actually a kind of a a very serious oh this could possibly happen
0: like the re- the average the average joe type yeah. of situation yeah like you yeah it's hard to complain uh, compared to like a uh, the stallone movies or the arnold movies with like raw deal and you know commando where yes. those were very specific although i would still say storytelling you know like they still even though like arnold would always be greased up at some point and have one liner the story was still there right then the weird anomaly would be true lies Yes, That was like the third sequel to any movie. But once again, the story was really good. You know, like that amped up to the point where Arnold, well, they're outside on the, you know, there's the jet outside of a a building. You're like, I don't think you can do that. You know, that was so crazy and amped up. Mm -hmm. But it was meant to be, it worked for the storytelling of that. And Mm -hmm. then I think everyone went, well, we can always do this. Let's just make this the number one of every movie Mm -hmm. without realizing what the movie, you needed that for that movie. That was the point of that movie. Right. Was the over, over the topness of that. And it's sort of like, um, how, uh, what was it? Wes Craven's scream sort of turned its head on. Yes. Horror movies. We'll have these kids self-aware about horror movies. Horror movies exist within this horror movie. Cause a lot of times that doesn't happen. You know, they're, Oh, we're going to the camp. Oh, we got killed. The whole point of scream is them talking about the rules of horror film while being in a, a horror, horror film. movie. You're like, yes. "Oh my god, this is genius. It's a self-aware horror film and it's still once again very well written." So, it almost seems like True Lies was the catalyst of oh, you don't need just go right in. Go I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's other ones like before True Lies, but it feels like True Lies was the big action movie that just made all the other movies just fall. All right, that's what we do. We don't fuck story. Although that True Lies had its story. I think everyone yeah. just needed to feel like, "All right, we need five action pieces before we introduce the character Mm -hmm. we'll give him the the weakest conflict and ten more action pieces and he has to jump car to car right
1: yeah no I mean True Lies um, you know it's probably one of Cameron's last best you know films there's a lot going on in that movie and it's arguably Tom Arnold's best performance ever exactly (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis is great in that movie I don't know I mean does it kind of end does it sort of end with True Lies what do you mean oh like the good action movie in terms of yeah
0: That's not John Wick. I mean. But John Wick almost got back to the grounded storytelling, especially with the first one. Yes. Like it was, this is the reason why he's doing this, and this is the reason why he's moving on to do this, and this is the reason why. A lot of times it's like, bad guy. Right. Okay.
1: I guess I'll pose this question. Is there any movie off the top of your head that stands out between True Lies, which is 1994, Mm -hmm. and say to John Wick?
0: which is, it's almost Um, 15 years, almost 20. I would say it crosses a a line, but I would say uh, The Matrix. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's it's sci-fi. It's sci-fi, but it is an action set piece with a good story. Yes. Uh, Okay, there's one. Giving the caveat that it is more of a fantasy sci-fi than Buddy Cop. Mm -hmm. Let's see, Buddy Cop, top of my head. I'm squinting really hard to make it think just it's letting tough, you know. right. I mean, cuz they don't stand out, right? Because no. there's
1: no story and it's just this, a lot of the same, you know, the same beats over and over. Um that and that's not too I guess it's not like a reboot or a, you know, a remake like a Rambo or something yeah. like that. Something that like stands on its own. And that's I think it's really tough to do because just about all of it's been done. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, what you're running into. And then you do things like, "Oh, we're going to stunt cast." Right. You know, um, which is sort of what they did with bringing Joe Pesci into Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Oh, so let's bring in...
0: We need another funny guy. We'll bring in Joe but, Pesci. And then it's funny, too, because then he almost plays a parody of himself in 3. Yes. Like, he <laughs> works well in 2 as, like, a dynamic to throw someone new in the car. We need to put someone new in the car that's going to give them conflict because these guys are already friends. Right. But then in 3, he's a caricature of himself, which then just becomes definitely comic relief. It was comic relief for a reason in 2, but then a purpose in 3. Like, he has to be the comic relief in this movie. Right, and I'm just making sure, yeah, Joe Pesci is not 2. I just want to yeah. make sure we're
1: talking about but it. But I
0: think what it is, is he's not the focal point like he is in 3. No, no,
1: he, and I think he was just, you know, I mean, I doubt they knew, like, oh, that he was going to be, like, the standout thing in that movie. It's yeah. It's like, oh, it's not, I mean, it's about, you know, Briggs and Murtaugh, but, oh, hey, look at Joe Pesci. He's actually yeah. really
0: funny. I'll admit I saw it on the plane, but I did laugh a lot. The central intelligence with The Rock and Kevin Hart. Right. Was really funny. But That was a pretty big hit that movie. It was a big hit, but definitely played on the ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. I would almost say it was maybe commenting on the ridiculousness, but I would definitely say the story was written well for them. Like mm-hmm. they eat everything everything had a motivation. You know, you know, sometimes you get to the point where you're like, why are we even here? Movie needs us to be here. Are you right. gonna tell us why? Nope. Great. But that's one I don't think. If you watch it with the sound off, you'd be like, "What? What is going on?" Right. Like I don't think you it would track with the sound off. But overall, it was well done. But I wouldn't put it up there as what is the best thing from John Wick two, or like what's the top five from John Wick from True Lies to John Wick? I don't <laughs> think Central Intelligence would make uh make my top five.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it's it's like that movie is is not parody, but.
0: It's a comedic take on right the buddy cop movie. It's basically Lethal Weapon 3 mm-hmm. without having Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. It, yeah, it's Central Intelligence 3 without having 1 and 2. Right. Like, you're already to that point where they're really good friends and it's ridiculous and we're jumping building to building and everyone's high-fying. You're like, oh, okay, that's what the first one is. They, they just jump to number 3. Mm-hmm. So it, it's weird because it's like maybe that's why they don't make them anymore. Like, uh, like obviously... When we were talking about Joker hitting a billion dollars, Beverly Hills Cop 1 is still in the top 10 as the highest grossing rated R movies. Yeah, in adjusted dollars. Yes. How is it still number 10? You think of all these movies that come out and they've made all this money, and granted, they all haven't been R. Mm -hmm. But to me, I was shocked Beverly Hills Cop. Usually, there's always a hanger on like the really big, oh, Star Wars, of course, it's Star Wars. But... I, I think in my head I don't think of ratings anymore of, mm-hmm. like, what a movie's rated. So, like, when it, Joker hit a billion for R, and I was like, well, yeah, that hasn't happened. I know there was Deadpool and a few others, but I was baffled that Beverly Hills Cop from 84 is still <laughs> lingering in the top 10. Well, I kind of believe
1: it because uh, I remember – so we used to have this uh, movie theater called The Cinema 3, and it was next to the – uh used to be an Uno's pizza Sorry. and a uh, Penguin's and McDonald's. hmm and they would have a, they had a marquee out front and be like oh here's the you know what's playing and um, I vividly actually remember that movie that name being mm-hmm. up on the marquee for like 10 months or something yeah. like that and it was like oh that, is that the only movie that they're playing there it's Beverly Hills Cop
0: it was that it was that popular yeah and it's a great movie it's a fantastic movie and then just don't watch number three <laughs> and two you could probably skip as well but don't don't worry if number four is coming from Netflix yeah, no, it's Man. right down the pike. Well I think
1: um what I want to say when we were talking about, you know, The Rock and Kevin Hart, if these movies have any story at all, they always play up to the attributes of whoever the actor is, right? right. So if it's gonna be a Steven Seagal film.
0: Yeah. Well
1: actually I'll go back one more. I'll uh you know, say it's a um Jean Claude Van Damme yeah. movie, then it's gonna be all about the karate.
0: Yeah.
1: If it's going to be an Arnold movie, it's going to be all about the weapons that he's using and, you know, and ex-military yeah. and one-liners, stuff like that. If it's Steven Seagal, it's like a mixture of those two, right? Because mm-hmm. he can do the weapons and he can do the Kung Fu part. Yeah. I mean, not anymore, but back, yeah. back yeah. in the day, Mark for Death and all those. I mean, those are really cool you movies. Sh- you should watch
0: him now. His karate's still on point <laughs> in editing. <laughs> he moves his hands around and people start flying. He's not making any contact, but uh, he does it. Oh, you know, I just thought of one that was actually really good, was um, uh, Liam Neeson in Taken. Oh, yeah. The first one. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. Very story-driven action movie. Yeah. You can watch it and know exactly what's happening. All right. We did it. So there's one. <laughs> there, there was one in all, all of those movies. Um, but so that's, it's your, the lead- Whoever that happens to be, that's who's driving the story. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I imagine, like, I I don't know why I'm using Skyscraper. I just remember that movie. Skyscraper was probably, obviously, a script that would already been there. And someone was like, oh, we have The Rock. Make this a Rock movie. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, hey, do a rewrite. Incorporate the reason why Rock would be in it. Because it might have been written for, because I think it's about a security card that has to protect a family in a skyscraper. So, die hard in a building. Mm -hmm. So, but now it's like, well, we have to have a reason why this guy's so big because, you know, The Rock is enormous. Right. So it's like, we have to have a reason why it's not just, you know, like a Michael Bean. You know, <laughs> Michael Bean's like an ex cop who has to protect family. It's like, okay, now we have to have a reason why it's this guy. What was the reason? Do you know? No, I'm just saying, I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it's like, I imagine it's one of those things where, like, you're exactly what you're saying. It's like, all right, make this a rock movie. Make this as opposed to, well, why don't we just make him the actor in the movie mm-hmm. and why does it have to be a rock movie right you know and i think that's you know it sounds like that's what you're saying is like now you just probably oh write a rock film write a john santa film right you know a steven skull film back in the day it wasn't about making you know it's like let's cast him he'll be really good in this part right you it's, didn't have the movie already yeah you had you were writing it specifically for him and so
1: whatever tropes that come with that actor that's what the movie would be about, as opposed to oh, I've got this amazing script and we want to put in, yeah, actor X, right? I mean, that's like the Terminator. Yeah, it's like oh, we have this script. Let's put Arnold in as the you know as the bad guy,
0: right? And that's the thing. It was like I have a good idea. Let's just make oh, I like that. That in casting, I'm not sure what I want, and then you figure it out. and It's like oh, great, and now obviously it's you have a script. It's like make this a Terminator movie. Oh, great. Right. You know, you have some sort of sci-fi thing. Can this be a Terminator movie? You know, and I think that might be one of the reasons because now we're actually it is all about selling the movie because now we're in such a flooded market yes none of these movies can just open on their own you have to have i mean maybe a beverly hills cop would work if you had a up-and-coming young comedian that i mean eddie murphy's so scrawny too which is so funny but he works as a cop like it works like even Mm -hmm. billy crystal billy crystal's a cop (laughs) all right i guess i'd buy it but he's also been on the force for a long time right it's like you know obviously he probably looked different when he joined the force and it was a bunch of different time everyone all the cops are smoking so <laughs> right and gregory hines dies in that movie right in running scared he does not die he does not die. they both get shot but they oh, live okay and they go to uh key west to open their bar oh okay. angry, find the on the and they just go into some <laughs> michael mcdonald song um hey, yeah it was just weird to like watch running scared in the background and think about just even i could look up and even though i had seen the film a bunch growing up it's just like i still knew who each person was Mm -hmm. and like everyone had a motivation to do the next thing it wasn't just so much i wasn't just watching billy crystal they wrote a you know it's like oh give me a cop billy crystal movie and then when you look up it was like originally they wanted tom Selleck. and just oh wow and but they no one would let him out of his magnum contract
1: I think everybody wanted Tom Selleck, right? Right. So be but I'm sure, Indiana yeah, they Jones get and... they
0: get the running scared script and they're like, oh, Tom Selleck is the cop. I mean, this would be great. We can trend. And, you know, the you know the people that did Magnum P.I., nope. We're not letting him out of the, you know, I'm not letting him out. It's like, damn it. Well, then give me Billy Crystal. He's the Tom Selleck of the movie world. Right. No, I just, it, it's just fascinating now that we don't have, like, good buddy cop films that don't have some sort of. It's not like it's The Rock's buddy cop film. And there's nothing wrong with that. I I don't want to say it's like, I like central intelligence. I like The Rock in a lot of these films, but he's The Rock in these films. Right. You know, Dwayne Johnson. Sorry, he's no longer The Rock. In what world would, you know, a Daniel LaRusso exist now that would look like a Daniel LaRusso now? Mm. You know, because now it would have to be some jacked up kid, you know? It's like, oh, I, you know, they would work that into the story. Mm -hmm. Or they're autistic, one of the two. Right. It's, It's this weird thing of, yeah, they literally just like, oh, I have this karate kid. It's basically Rocky, you know? We right. need some kid. Oh, that kid's pretty good. You know, you just sort of cast the movie, mm-hmm. you know, without, like, tent pulling it. Yeah, even though Rafa Macchio had a little heat on him, he's the lead of a movie that came out with very little behind him, Right. you know? They just went, no, we believe in this movie. We have a solid movie. We watched it, and we know what happened. We watched it without the sound. The movie <laughs> is perfect. It worked. Mm. I don't know. I just, I... I don't know when we got to the point now where everything just has to, like what happened to story in the buddy cop, like regular movies, we can, you know, that's a whole different topic. Like, is it, I mean, I just wonder too, if it was the fact that we had to get rid of the rated R because a lot of times it was just about, you know, violence and it's weird rewatching running scared, which is R it's like where language, just the language, right? And the language is actually pretty mild. It wasn't as bad as I think I thought I remembered it. I mean, a few people get shot, but I mean, we're not talking blood and guts, well, I mean... I mean, it was also 86, a different time, and, you know, they had different rules. It's like, oh, you do shoot about 25 people. Okay. Right. That's fine, but very little blood. V- cursing a little bit. I mean, obviously, there's a, it's about drugs. It's so gritty looking, but I don't know how it would have worked as a PG-13. Well, it's kind of a sex scene, isn't there, with Gregory Hines, and there's, like, a motorcycle in his bedroom or whatever. Yes, has got the lights on and there, all that. There is a sex scene, <laughs> and you see one boob. Oh, well, there you go. But even then, it's like you could have covered that up and i mean yes there's there are scenes where they're hooking up with women in florida but they never show anything other than them on roller skates they see women go by and it's like that commercial they dip down their sunglasses and then skate after them but there there isn't like a sex romp you know that aspect where it's just like boobs and everything you're like oh i get why this is you know this movie or whatever right this is an r it's almost with anything it's like you listen to twisted sister now you're like Remember when people were fighting against Twisted Sister? Like, this was music that was supposed to be banned? Oh, and you yeah. listen to it now, and it's so cheesy. Yeah, I remember being, like, horrified
1: of that you know, that <laughs> music video. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, now it's like they play their Ralphs, you know. In fact, yeah. it's been, like, several, like, politicians, uh, you know, their, like, campaign song. I think, I think
0: it was Arnold's campaign song. <laughs> we're not gonna yeah. take it. I'm pretty sure it was, you know. With time, everything changes. The Twisted Sister music video, and you're like, why, were, why did anyone give a shit? You know, yeah, it was just how they looked and all the. It was like glam
1: at its, you know, at its best. Actually, I actually have an outlier buddy cop movie. Okay, I'm gonna say Zootopia.
0: Oh, interesting. That works. Dang.
1: I said buddy cop, not bunny cop, but oh,
0: well done, <laughs> um, well done. Because that's essentially what that is, yeah. and then taking that genre, you know, turning it on its ear, and now and you could watch that movie without the sound on and understand everything. Yeah. It's not so much about always watching it with the sound off. Buddy cop movie. Well done. They should make a sequel. It made so much money.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Or just have some
0: merchandise, maybe. (laughs) It's like they have the same amount of merchandise as Avatar has merchandise. Yes. What happened? Why? I think it it was just that this, I I think it's that that global view. You look at how well, uh, like, even Die Hard does. Then you keep making the movies, and they keep doing well, and they keep amping it up. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, then you have the movies that just go. Well, let's just start in the middle. Let's just amp it up. Let's just blow up cars all the way. Right. And then all of a sudden we just get to the point where it's like, wait, I thought this guy was a regular cop. No, he's super cop now. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, that's why you have RoboCop. That's the point of those movies. Like, I want shit to be blown up in RoboCop. Like, that's the that's the point of RoboCop. But. If it's just a buddy cop, I I, I want to see their dynamic. I want to see how they work together. I don't need to see them jump building to building. Mm-hmm. Like the big, one of the big action pieces is them jumping off a building. A lot of people jump off buildings and lethal weapon, but you know, that guy's going to kill himself. So they jump off and land in the thing, and then the girl in the beginning jump off. But those were your big action pieces. Then you had the big fight at the end with Gary Busey. Right. I and mean, it won't go into the fact that Gary Busey was dating Murtaugh's daughter, who seems kind of underage, but you know, you kind of right. glaze over that part. You're like, <laughs> I don't know what's really happening. Is he supposed to be younger? Oh yeah, and then that big torture scene where they're rubbing salt in his gunshot wound. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. You know, I mean that movie just works because you, you, they establish that thing. Like now I just watch some of these things and it's like whatever. I know they'll survive. I mean you know that on most of these movies anyways, but I also don't care. Like I have not, you haven't earned my my respect or my sympathy for your character because I don't really care. Right. Like you just started off with a big action scene and now I'm supposed to. I'm getting a divorce whatever i don't really care because i don't know anything about you <laughs> I and mean, and these movies have her three hours now i should care about you no it's ridiculous
1: does like kind of the the death of the comedy the feature comedy have anything to do with it right i mean comedies like they used to be mm-hmm. you know like i mean it's been a long time since you know there's something about mary you know ugh, like anchorman or even like the adam sandler movies like right. and i'm not talking about theatrical release not yeah. like adam sandler yeah. playing on netflix those movies don't really exist anymore,
0: right? Well, the last I would say the last good one, which actually won an Oscar, was A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Kline won for Best Supporting Actor, and it's the last time someone has won for a comedy.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: That's actually an amazing fact. And, and um. I think actually the last time I think a comedy had been nominated in general, the comedy disappeared like in 89. Like I think that 89, 88 or 89 is when I think Fish Called Wanda came out. Yes, that's right. But then, yeah, after that, they would would be peppered in every so often. But, yeah, there isn't ever really a comedy unless it is a rock comedy. But it's also a big action piece It's also an action piece, you know. Like like Jungle Book is going to be, like, technically a comedy. But it's not just a comedic movie, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, just been a death. And part of it, too, is, like, the era that we're living in now, right, where... (laughs) you know everyone's scared to say something offensive because their career is over right right? it's just gone and so well we're just not even going to try because that's a thing and does that because buddy cop movies lend themselves to have comedic elements to it there's always some movies but it's not the norm Right. right i mean a central intelligence movie that only comes there was one with like will ferrell right wasn't there like a buddy cop movie it was like him and um was it Mark Wahlberg? And he's like driving around in a Prius or something. Oh, what was that movie? Yeah. You know, that was kind of a take on that movie, but it yeah. didn't do well. And then, you know, like there hasn't, you know, there's been the one Seth MacFarlane
0: slapstick. Right. But know. that was very, for a very specific audience. Yes. Yeah, there isn't a broad, yeah, like, I guess going back to like Fish Called Wanda, there isn't just a general story driven comedy movie, even though that was basically like a caper movie, mm-hmm. but there wasn't, that was a comedy first wrapped in a caper movie yes yeah like there isn't anything i know they keep trying to do like pink panther would be almost a good example where pink panther is a comedy wrapped in a caper or a detective yeah, There were like six of those movies right don't count the new ones <laughs> i would say yeah i don't know i mean i definitely say now people are a little more probably worried about making comedy because of the cancel culture or whatever but that's mostly within like the last five years like where were they Five years ago. Yeah, or even 10. And yeah. I'll be honest, this is going to sound stupid, but the last pure comedy
1: movie mm-hmm. that I saw and they actually paid money to see mm-hmm. in the theater. Dark Fate? was Dark Fate. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is funny, right? Especially <laughs> a comedy? Um, um, was Analyze This. Whoa. Oh, so Billy Crystal like, again. All right, <laughs> we wrapped up the whole show, everyone? <laughs> come full circle. We need Billy Crystal back. Oh, shit, what, what was that? That was like 98 or something like that? Yeah. That was the last one that I felt... And I'm not a comedy guy, you yeah. know, um, there's just like tons of, not to say I don't like to laugh or the, yeah. the stuff is funny. I just, it's just not my, you know, not you, in my well, that's a, house.
0: Well, that's the thing. If you're, uh, 98, so 98, you have a job. It's not like when I was growing up, I'd just go see everything. I didn't care. Right. We did. We saw tons of stuff. And, but yeah, like 98, you have a job. So it's like, okay, I have a free Saturday. I'm going to go see a movie. Right. You're obviously going to lean towards the things you want to see. It's like, oh, I heard this was really good. I want to, you know, see right. it. Right.
1: I'm going to see Equilibrium. I'm going to see The Cube. I'm uh. going to see Ronin, you know, Right. All those things came out that year.
0: And then all of a sudden it's like, analyze this. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, catch it on HBO or something. You know, that's yeah. not because of your time. Right. You know, and but no, analyze this was, yeah, De Niro and uh, Billy Crystal. Yeah. And comedies play
1: best when you're watching with an audience. Right. You know, and... And that
0: was the appeal to them. But now that's not really. Yeah, I think now you just get them the straight to Netflix or something. Right. You know, and. Um... Right. I
1: think it's why Adam Sandler, you know, was smart to, you know, leave the big screen. Right. And sign a deal with Netflix and live happily ever after making one movie a year. Right. Or whatever it is he does. And people love him. And because it's like, oh, well, I'm watching this free movie. I'm not paying $19 right. to go see a movie that I can just watch at home and I'm going to get the jokes just as I would. You right. Know,
0: in the big, you know, on the big screen. It's funny. I was looking. I mean, this isn't exactly the list I want. I, I just typed in highest grossly comedy so we could talk about it. But it's like, I don't know if I would put Home Alone as a comedy. Isn't that more of a family film? I mean, it can still be funny. I just don't think of that as a comedy. I, it's not that I'm not saying it's, it's not like a family funny. comedy with Joe Pesci, no less. With Pesci. And everything goes back to Joe Pesci and Billy Crystal. Those two need to make a buddy cop film together. <laughs> Meet the Fockers, the Hangover movies. Bruce Almighty, I didn't really love it, but they're putting that up. Mrs. Doubtfire, I'd say that was a comedy. You know, mm-hmm. That works. I don't know if I'd put Austin Powers movies in there. They See, are comedies. That's, that's parody, though. That's Yeah, that's a parody comedy. Tootsie, ah, I haven't thought about that, but I almost don't think of that as a comedy. It's like a... Yeah, I know, I think of. of it's funny, but I think it's more of a... It's like a drama. Dramedy. Yeah. Wild Hogs. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> These are, once again, the highest grossing, too, so it's different. Right. Three men and a baby. Once again, that's the 80s, though. That movie, I don't know if would work now, and if it did, it would not be what that movie was. Right. It would be terrible now. A lot of Adam Sandler films in the top 50. But none of them, like, they're all, like, I guess it's, like, what we define as a comedy. Like, I definitely think Fish Called Wanda is, a, a like, a perfect comedy, yes. like, for the movie. But then, you know, how the movie's in here, it's like a, like a Will Ferrell, like, Talladega Nights. It's like, that's kind of like a parody comedy, and that's just... That comedy right. d- is not going to hold up. Yet, yeah, the people that saw it will still watch it now. Like, I think if you put someone in front of it now, they might be like, all right, what's that reference? Because they're referencing too much. Right. Or Melissa McCarthy, like those kind of movies, you know. Right. I mean, there's somebody watching those because they make them. Right. And Paul Blart, Mob Cop. I wouldn't say that, like, as a full-on comedy. Oh, look who's talking. Jesus. A lot of Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler made a lot of – yeah, Dumb and Dumber works as a comedy.
1: Yeah. That's um, why they didn't turn that into, like, a buddy cop movie. We need two guys that are so dumb that right. to go after this super stupid serial killer. Right.
0: Know? Yeah, so it's, I'm not big. Once again, in the 80s. I was like, oh, Twins. There you go. Twins, 1988. Yeah.
1: Well, I just typed into Google, buddy cop movies. All right, there right, we go. It's a generic thing. And there's a reason why you can't name a bunch of them. And there's actually a couple here that I'm going to mention. And actually, it's going to prelude mm-hmm. a future podcast. Okay, great. There's actually not that many okay of these movies and it goes there's maybe i don't know 20 of them and i'm now back into the mid 80s it actually goes Star Starsky and Hutch 2004 <laughs> and then Beverly Hills Cop 1980 there's actually two movies that i want to mention okay one is and i didn't i only saw part of it um so it doesn't really count uh but you saw it i think was the nice guys
0: oh that's so good that, that was a good re- movie that
1: did, it wasn't a huge box office success it but it was not. well done right yeah
0: it was very well done um russell Crowe at a point where it's like, wow, I can't wait for Russell Crowe to come back. Mm-hmm. I always like Ryan Gosling; he's really good in yes. it. Very Shane Black. It is so Shane Black, mm-hmm. but in a good way, not like Predator Shane Black, the remake of Predator. I, I definitely think that's a good buddy cop film because mm-hmm. they're—you could probably watch it without sound off. They're trying to solve a crime. They're both competitive, but they have to work together. It's, I don't know. I, I definitely say that's worth the watch.
1: Right. Two, two, two great actors. One I'll mention too that was a big hit, and it's the same, you know, it's the same as Central Television, it's a ride along movie. Oh, yeah, um, that was a big hit. I don't know how the story was
0: or anything like that, but it's worth mentioning. I saw the first one, it's okay. Actually, I'm gonna mention three movies. All right, go Hot Fuzz, Edgar Wright. I would say Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz.
1: I mean, that falls into the vein of all those, you know, the Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I right. mean, um, that's actually that was actually the first one I ever saw of his. Was uh, I saw Hot Fuzz before oh, I saw Shaun of, Shaun of, the, of the Dead, oh, okay. and uh, yeah, I was blown away by how great that was. But the big one that I want to mention is Bad Boys.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So that, I mean, that's going way back, right? I mean, that's 1995 was right. the first one.
0: How quickly did they crank out the sequel?
1: It took years. It was 2003.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, I was thinking, I was like, was there a 10-year gap? I couldn't remember. And then, like,
1: decades went by before uh, you got Martin Lawrence back. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a third one and it's going to be part of fuck
0: you. It's January. Exactly. And we uh, saw, we saw bad boys together, right? Or did we see the second one together? We might've seen both probably. Right. Cause it was 94, 95, 95. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. We would have seen that probably together. And then I remember, remember seeing the second one, not loving it. I kind of actually really liked that movie. I remember you liking it more than I liked it. Once again, that was also, they amped up the craziness. Cause didn't they drive like a Hummer through yes a city. Like, through houses? Yeah,
1: through some, uh, you know, yeah, some shacks and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's... I guess what I liked about it at the time, I think it's a... F- no, they're both R-rated, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. By the time, in my mind, this is going to sound super stupid, and I can't even say, but it felt like Michael Bay's, like, fuck you to Hollywood in a way. Okay. Because, like, he did, had just done uh, Pearl Harbor before that, and everyone right. just kind of shat on that, and so he did this kind of, like, well, here's my, like, you know, I'm doing quotes, yeah. hard R... Right. Action movie. Right. Fuck you if you don't like it. That was just sort of my personal take on it. I don't know if it holds... I haven't seen it in years. Right. I don't know if it holds up, but
0: both those movies were huge. And Um, speaking of Michael Bay, he's got that new one coming to Netflix, that Six Underground, the Ryan Reynolds one. Oh. It looks insane. Wow. It looks like a Michael Bay movie, doing a Michael Bay movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to make this a Michael Bay movie, but you're Michael Bay. Exactly. It just looks ridiculous and it's ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds Mm. it's almost like this could be a prequel to deadpool oh wow like you look at it just it's joke after joke and cars flipping and it's like why are they all in this car because movie you're like okay (laughs) uh and bad boys i I would almost i'd revisit all these before watching the third one we're gonna watch the third one everyone so you don't have to (laughs) yeah so you don't have to the budget was 19 million for the first bad boys was it really wow and it made 141 million dollars worldwide
1: Huh? And he had just come off The Rock. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which, I love that movie. I don't care what people think. No, that's, there was always fun, that was like, I think, too, before they became ridiculous. Yes. Like, Con Air was great, still ridiculous. Yes. But then they became, like, if you watch the trailer for Six Underground, it's insane. It it is like cars, it's basically Fast and the Furious. Mm. What can we blow up while cars are driving through it? Whereas, I hate to say grounded, but The Rock and I'd say Con Air are grounded in a realness. Like yeah, I mean there's some ridiculous stuff that happens. There's no there's no question, but yeah, 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 there's things like I think you would be dead, but not to the point in like some of these new movies where it's like, no, your car would have exploded mm-hmm. had you gone through that wall. You know, it's uh I don't know, like I would be curious. I I'd, I'd revisit Bad Boys too. I only saw it that one time with you. I think I've saw Bad Boys twice, the mm-hmm. first one. Going, right. Oh man, this is great. Yeah, Will Smith at The Height. He could do no wrong. That was when he was opening a summer movie every year.
1: Yeah. Right because then Independence Day is just uh two years away from that.
0: and then um yeah, what was his uh I'll look it up real quick. That was when he could do no wrong. every year was mm-hmm. the next uh, like the next big Will Smith summer movie. It's like, oh, he's gonna have a song in it, right you know let's get jiggy with
1: it yeah, which pretty much ends with uh,
0: I am legend, but that's what Will Smith is probably a podcast in and of itself. ooh, they're making a bright two, everyone. Oh, there you go. Oh, and in pre-production for Bad Boys Four. How are they in pre-production for Bad Boys 4? Wow. I don't even know what to say about it. And this is going to be like a straight to Netflix kind of thing. Okay, let's see. Will Smith. It starts actually with Bad Boys. Bad Boys starts that off. It's like, oh my God, this is great. Will Smith is huge. Next summer, Independence Day. Next summer, Men in Black. Mm. Uh, Okay, that is right. Yes, 96 is Independence Day. The next summer's Enemy of the State, which was more of a spy thriller but people seem to really like it that's a pretty that's a solid film then yeah. then it starts going down the next summer wild wild rest Oof. then next movie he does the legend of bagger vance then ollie then it's like i'm back don't worry men in black 2 mm, all right bad boys 2 i robot then he starts doing comedy hitch i am legend and then i would say i am legend to hancock to seven pounds to men in black 3 then was the the downside. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Hitchcock. I know it wasn't everyone's favorite. I thought it was enjoyable. And it was it, something different. It well, was, mostly, sort of. For, I mean, that time, like, Hitch would have been perfect three years later. Mm-hmm. Like, because that was still, Hitch was, or, no, not Hitch, um, Hancock. Hancock was 2008, and that was the beginning of the Iron Man phase. That was, like, when they started,
1: with, yes. like,
0: at that time. So it was so different. It would have been better like in 2010 where we had already started to get all these Marvel films. Here's sort of the anti-Marvel hero. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Like, I think it would work better a little later, Mm -hmm. you know, but I thought it was really good. That was sort of him coming back doing that type of thing. But now, you know, we've got Bad Boys for Life, you know, Bright (laughs) 2, Aladdin. Come on, everyone student of the year two i don't know what this is he does a lot of stuff so Su- oh, he was good in suicide squad i'll give him that yeah, yeah yeah no there's no
1: uh i think he's i don't know if he can carry a movie by himself anymore yeah he's not a summer guy anymore. he's not a he's not he can't be the star but he can be a bad boys, star bad boys three in january
0: everyone just letting you know <laughs> what about rush hour that's 1998 i didn't like rush hour mm. nothing wrong with it it was just it was just it was the personality dynamic for me like hmm. i like jackie chan and i thought chris tucker was okay but every everyone was at a different level mm-hmm. for me like i remember it was enjoyable but it was ridiculous enjoyable where it's like i don't buy this at all yeah, i enjoyed it's
1: kind of the, a funny or you know kung fu comedy right. buddy cop movie thing i
0: enjoyed it for what it was but i wouldn't put it up there as anything like i would go back to mm-hmm. like i remember watching Glenn. okay that's what this movie is. Right. Yeah, it it fell in the line of those other buddy cop films. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's a we're in such a weird thing and like I can't imagine like them going back to the script going, Alright, let's watch uh let's uh let's make Bad Boys three script driven. It's not gonna be script driven. Like just from the trailer. It's like let's just roll helicopters and blow shit up. Yeah, with like a lot of C G and stuff. Yeah, I don't even know how it's amazing that well there's nothing else, so let's do bad boys. I guess. I don't know who was angling for that. I mean, I get it now because now we're doing that thing where it's like, "Ooh, what did we like ten years ago?" Mm -hmm. And it's like, "Well, great, let's continue that. Let's make a sequel." Like, mean to keep making Terminators for God's sakes? Why don't we make another Bad Boys? You know, and it seems like the perfect time, but not really. Right. I mean, is there anybody out there that was crying for
1: Bad Boys? Top Gun Two is like been something we've been anticipating since the mid '80s, right? And it's never happened, and now finally, it's going to happen. And it I, is happening. And I don't care. Um, but Bad
0: Boys, I mean. Like they had the two, and know. if it never made a third one, I don't think anyone would have. And obviously, going getting dumped into January is not a huge uh, confident boost. No, no, not at all. February, maybe. I would have went, okay, they're just trying to stay out of summer and Star Wars. Right. You know, but to like, I think it's like, honestly, I think it's January 1st. They're literally trying to put it the last day, the, like the last possible, like, what is the worst <laughs> day in January? January 1st. God.
1: Yeah, there's some... Remember Cop and a Half? Yeah, we saw that. We did see that. This is crazy. That's actually, yeah, That's on, on this list of, of, uh, of films. But so I guess...
0: That would be a good pod talking about all the dollar movies we saw. Oh, God, yeah. There's so many. Because we saw so many terrible ones. I mean, it's a dollar, so how could you not... Cop and Robinson's. Yes. With uh, Chevy Chase, <laughs> cop and a half. There's always something with a cop and a half in it. Like we saw so many. Like I'd have to look at the movies released from like what was it like a uh, ninety four, ninety five, and I could probably pick out all the ones we saw at the dollar theater. It's like yeah. yeah, we saw that at dollar theater. Saw that at the dollar theater. God saw yeah, we saw so many crappy movies.
1: Yeah, up until you know ninety six or something like that. But yeah, because yeah, the prime years ninety four through.
0: Yeah, because like, then I moved in ninety six, so. Yeah, that's when that's when the dollar theater stopped. <laughs> don't know where the writing has gone in these these buddy cops. I don't know if it has anything to do with R. I don't know if it has anything to do with no one's willing to just, unless it's an award film, mm-hmm. sit through two hours of like a story building thing. You know, like like Ford versus Ferrari only works because it's an award film. Mm-hmm. I, I, I it is a great film. We saw it. We really enjoyed Ford versus Ferrari. But it's still an award film. I consider because of when it's coming out, this isn't a – this came out in April. Right. You know, it still maybe go for an award. But this movie only works because it's for a specific reason. Like they wanted to make this and tell the story, but you can't market this as just a regular movie in March. No, it's not a summer movie. I mean, it's James Mangold and Christian Bale and – Uh, matt damon and they're all excellent in that um and it's a it's a really good story that i mean everything about it works really well and i would still because i mean obviously us being older would enjoy this movie in march but you can't market this movie in march you have to market it at the award season season. you know it's there's still going to always be those movies where you you are casting for talent Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh who would be the best part for this person we have we already have a great script now let's find the pieces like I don't know if I would have put Matt Damon, but he was really good. Mm -hmm. I have nothing against Matt Damon, but it's like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And then the Punisher guy was really good. I can never forget his name. But like, I don't know if he would have John Baranthal. I I don't know if I would have gone for him right away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, but he does really well. You know, there's just those films where the scripts work, but then you only get those at award seasons, which is such a bummer. It's like everything else, like here's everything we just sort of threw in the blender and here's your movie. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden come October all right, here's the ones we care about. We know we're not going to make any money, but if we can get that Oscar, then it buzzes us for the next year. Right. You know, it's like this weird, it's always been a machine, but now it's just like, how many nominations can we get to then fund us for the next year? You know, it's just this weird machine that I still barely understand after (laughs) not only seeing movies my entire life, but actually being in the business for a quarter of my life, you know? So it's just crazy. Hey, you can almost see the Christian Bale, Matt Damon, buddy cop movie. I want to see that. (laughs) Bright three, everyone. We're we're changing it up. I don't know where they went. I mean, I wish we had an answer. It's like, okay, it was 1996 when this movie came out. That was when it all stopped. There isn't that point. It's just, I get it. It's like, you can sell an action film overseas. I think it probably, we could probably pinpoint to when they started really focusing on getting the overseas dollars. Yes. That's probably, because obviously they weren't marketing Beverly Hills cop to China in 84 or, oh, this is going to play well in South Korea or it's going to play well anywhere else in the world. It was like, no, we made this movie here. If it does well everywhere else, that's a bonus. Turn off the sound and is it visually exploding your mind? Great, it'll sell in China. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about the story because people aren't going to follow the story in another country. Right, it won't matter. You know, it's like, you know, do you have the pretty people on the screen with the explosions? Great, that will sell overseas. <laughs> like, I don't know, Ford versus Ferrari is probably not going to crush in South Korea.
1: You know, or right, it's a very American story. So
0: right, and know. it's just like, all right, that's pretty good. Which
1: thank you for the studios for bringing us that movie. <laughs> right, I don't <laughs> know how you guys did
0: it, but you did it.
1: Yeah, no, that's really great that they that they actually greenlit something of substance, and that's really well made. And- I think
0: that yeah, that comes down to like the writer director. Hey, I like this script. We don't want to make it. No, no, I really like it. All right, here's a dollar. Oh, damn it.
1: We wonder, like, in the pitch meetings, if they were, like, showing Fast and the Furious just to get the executives excited about, yeah. you know, and here's the gross of Fast and the Furious 8, hey, $1 billion.
0: Here's the original. But here's the original. That's probably what how they sold it. Here, this is, we're going to call this the origin story. We might change the names a little bit. Origin story. Wait, the origin story is Fast and the Furious. No, no, no. Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> or that has the FF in it. Here's oh. FF, everyone. They went to the pitch wow. meeting. <laughs> My mind is blown by that. You mean you're going to put Fast versus the Furious? <laughs> we're in. Uh, yeah, we're going to change the title though later. Bye, Christian Bale. He's going to be in our movie.
1: <laughs> God, that's actually too funny. You have to wonder. <laughs> I'd love to be you know a fly on the wall for that pitch meeting and how that you know how that works. You know
0: they had to bring that up to to get that movie sold. Yeah. Look look at the do- box office the people love car racing that's it but we're gonna put a story in this one a true story mm. about us america oh i don't know will this sell we got matt damon <laughs> look we got a you know we got uh john connor we got john connors in this movie <laughs> edward furlong's acting no no the 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 fifth john connor in the that's film. right all right, well, if anyone has an idea of when the story-driven buddy cop movie disappeared, let us know on the socials. Do you have anything else, Jason? Anything nuggets over on your internet? Doing only one, uh, maybe the last one to bring up is uh, would be Cop Out. Just Kevin Smith
1: trying, which I mean, that whole thing is an interesting story of itself. Like, the story behind it is crazy. You know, Kevin Smith doing, and you know more out of it than I do, but... Breaking out of his box
0: and making just a regular Hollywood movie. Making a movie he didn't write, but playing homage to the movies we liked as a buddy cop. It does work like that because he even got Harold Futtmeyer to do the the score. So it's very much that Fletch and, you know, uh, Beverly Hills Cop synth. Right. You know, so all that works. But I don't know. I think, yes, Bruce Willis was probably the perfect person for that. But I think it could have been better. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't really. You know, it didn't, I saw it. Excuse
1: me, not in the theater, but on mm-hmm. video. I just thought it was okay. I mean, you could definitely see like the you know Kevin Smith, right? You know, vibe in there. But maybe that's you know maybe it's sort of over. And yeah, unless it, you get two you know two actors or actresses, yeah, um, with such great chemistry. I mean, that's what it has to be, right? Yeah. You, they have to have such great chemistry in order to make it work.
0: Then. That's what sells. Is that what it is? is that, that's the sells. I mean, we just haven't had that chemistry. Maybe because they are focused on getting a star and not like screen testing almost. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, they get along. Okay. We'll just right. make it work. We have two big names. Right. I mean, obviously, I think Kevin Hart and uh, The Rock are friends. But, you know, you just it was it's like, how can we sell it? Like, it's like finding pieces to the puzzle. It's like, but like to them, it's like, well, these two pieces are close enough mm-hmm. as opposed to, no, these two actually work really well together all right, all right, one's not really a name, but let's do it. You know, it's, it, you know, it's almost that thing of, uh, what is it? Uh, Robert Pattinson being the next Batman. Right. You know, like, obviously they're not just, oh, he was in Twilight. Let's get him. No one's going for that. They obviously, he screen tested, and he did a really good job. They're not going to, well, Batman's a little different, but they're actually working for, looking for someone who's going to fit the part. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I think that's what you're saying is that they're not just trying to, like, get the names, you know, like I would have never put Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal as a buddy cop, mm-hmm. but it works. Right. Because they probably, oh, I like these two, put them together, probably did a couple screen tests. And it's like, this is it. Right. Th- this is the, this is the dynamic we're looking for. And they look like best friends in this movie. Mm-hmm. You're watching this going, well, they must have been friends forever. And you probably, I'm sure you could probably read going, no, they met, you know, they did a screen test and they stayed in touch once in a while. Like they're not best friends. Right. Or Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. I mean. Maybe that's
1: what it is, is that that's you have to have that chemistry. If it's
0: not there, then it's just And someone going movie. in going, look, I have this script. Let's find the people that fit what my script is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'll change something. Yeah, if Mel Gibson comes in, okay, I got to change that he's foreign. You know, like it, you can change some things where, oh, okay, he... You know, he wasn't about to retire, but all right, I'll change that or like you can change it when you get the actors. But Mm -hmm. I think it was just like, oh, let's cast this for what this is, you know, because all of a sudden I'm sure if you're going after Tom Selleck, you wrote it and it's like, we got Billy Crystal. Okay, I'll punch it up a little bit, put a little more comedy. Billy's going to bring a little comedy to it because I'm sure it wasn't written that way. Mm -hmm. So uh, you 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 get the best you can for what your script is and then go from there. I think that's all it is. Now I think it's just like a big machine. Right. You know. Did you see Moneyball? With no, Brad Pitt? Okay. But, uh, I need to see that one. It's that whole story of like they literally built a baseball team based just on numbers. And that was it. It was just like, well, this guy's, you know, this guy's the best at, you know, he should be number one batter. So we're going to move him to first base, but he's the catcher. Doesn't matter. That's how we're going. We're going to build a team based on numbers. And I think that's kind of how it is with this. All right, this guy can bring in this. This guy has a lot of followers. Uh, this guy wrote this hit movie. Let's put, and then all of a sudden they just put it in a blender. All right, make a movie. Right. And it's like, but uh, we don't have anything. No, we have all the, they don't realize it's like, just cause you have those pieces doesn't make it a good movie. You know, it's just like, oh, we have all the, it should work. And then all right. of a sudden you just throw everyone under the bus. James Cameron wouldn't let me edit, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. That's a, uh, but I'm sure I can't wait to um, uh, hear more about the uh, Tim Miller debacle now that the movie has failed. And now everyone's going to throw everyone under the bus, and then we'll get Terminator 7. Yeah, it's going to be a long time, I think, before we get another Terminator movie. And hopefully they won't market it as, this is the true Terminator 3. (laughs) I like someone just to balls out going, they get, uh, what is it, Jai Courtney and um, Amelia Clark back. We're making Genesis, the second one. What? (laughs) (laughs) Just like, just out of the blue or the sequel to Salvation. No, we're just going that way. We're going to release it in January. Yeah, we got Nick Stahl back, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) i don't blame him but all right that has been post-apocalyptic with uh rob this is jason don't kill anyone for black friday just buy it online actually just go and stay
1: at home with your family it's probably a better thing to do
0: and then look at the internet around five o'clock buy buy your uh, john wick 4k for three dollars and it'll be shipped to your house for free there you go all right have a good one everyone bye